Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to episode number four of Animalators, Curious Conversations from the World of Animation. Today with us, we have the very talented Adam Pluff. Adam is a freelance animator and designer working in Atlanta, Georgia, where he also runs his company Battleaxe, creating fantastic tools for animators. He most recently released a rigging tool called Rubber Hose, which helps make for super quick and efficient character animation. Today, we'll get into his background in animation, talk about creating plugins for After Effects, and dive into his incredible mind for all things code in After Effects. It's all coming up on episode four of Animalators. Well, Adam, welcome to Animalators. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Zach. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Um, so I think we, we have first met for the first time not too long ago at Blend in we Vancouver. We did. We did. Um, you're, a ver- you're a very tall person, and uh, hugging you was kind of overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but you, you have a pretty legendary beard too, so I feel like I got a little caught up in that. But you know. excellent, excellent. Yes, we have our we have our notable features uh, amongst yes. each other, and it's good. Yes, it's it very is. good. So, uh, I kn- I know you've been in the animation game for a little while, but I also I, you told me that you were in like a metal band before you started animation, or or maybe during. Like, how how did you get into this crazy business? Yeah, I, I stumbled into it blindly. I, I had no, re- a lot of kids coming out now have like, I want to be a motion designer, even I want to be a graphic designer, and then that leads them to something. I didn't really yeah. have uh, too many lofty plans for things. I sort of just wanted to to do that whole thing. This was probably, I don't know, 2003, 2004, when all the all the people were doing the metal band thing, but I was the only one who had a pirated copy of Photoshop, and so I became <laughs> the nominated uh, T-shirt designer and stickers and perfect yes. website person who had to learn Flash because that was the thing back then. And uh, so I just I sort of just did that, and there was not a lot of design was really new, and, and everybody just made a lot of mistakes, and nobody really knew what the heck they were doing. But uh, that was that was sort of my early background, and then as the band thing we were just i don't know we were getting too old for to be doing that um to, <laughs> around 2021 20, i was like do we really are we really gonna be doing this forever and then i sort of made the decision that i probably was not so i went to um the closest you, you were the cheap, lead singer right you, yes you were... yes i used to climb on things and scream and, and do that whole thing that you do in metal bands um, oh wow I, I i did i will say that uh being a sheltered only child homeschooler that kind of helped me a lot with uh, just sort of getting out there and, and learning to be loud and talk to people and not really care uh so much so i will say that that was a good thing for my own self-confidence stuff so, oh wow yeah kids, I, I you would not guess that you were a only child that was homeschooled so homeschooler super yeah. sheltered all the way yeah go, um, go, metal bands it's all all the rage for if, self-confidence. You're, if you're feeling kind of uh introverted just go join a metal band and <laughs> it'll it'll clear that right up yeah it's good perfect advice so so you started kind of in the design photoshop area how did that kind of switch into animation well, the closest school to me, because uh, if you're going to be a responsible uh, person in um, 2004 or something, you, um, you go to college. And um, so the closest school to me had a broadcast TV production program. And I just saw that they had a Photoshop class. And I was like, well, shoot, I, could, I already know how to do that. So it should be pretty easy. 
So I had no real, um, no real plan to be in doing TV, but I went in and, um, it was real technical, but uh, I mean, it was a lot of like how to set up C stands and tie knots and do a three camera shoot in a studio, which none of that helped me, um, later on in life. But <laughs> there was, uh, I did learn, I did, I did learn Final Cut. Um, this was Final okay. Cut 6, something like, it was like Final Cut 6, I think. And then, uh, they had an After Effects class. And I sort of, that was where I kind of was like, this is pretty cool. I mean, I can do, I can do this editing thing, but this, this, this After Effects thing is pretty cool. And I was terrible. I was not, I, I, I got into the technical bits, but I, I was not a good designer and I was not a good animator at hmm. all, but I was way better than all the kids at this uh, school because most of them were stoners and didn't really care um, what they were doing. They were just going to make their parents happy and it seemed like an easy course. So I, I was not good at all but I was way better than everybody else. So my uh, teacher, my, my After Effects teacher, a guy named Dean Velez, he hired me on to do some freelance work the last day of school because he was allowed oh, wow. to once we were done. And it was early, uh, it was, Cinema 4D was just coming out and I kind of had played around with it a little bit and I had to make some 3D stars and have them spin around and do some stuff. And he, he hired me on to do that. And then that, he vouched for me to get a, an internship at a post-production house where I uh, became sort of the resident After Effects guy because, they again, they just didn't have anybody to do it. And I sort of just built from there. Um, it was all TV, so it wasn't really glamorous, but it was uh, a good stepping stone to learn the software and then try really hard to be not awful at design or animation <laughs> eventually. Yeah, so from, from there, did you launch right into a freelance career? I, I got a I did a full time gig at another post house, but I got fired because I accidentally oh no. I, 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 I posted a promo that we made on YouTube uh, because I thought it had gone to air, but it hadn't gone to air, and they oh no. somebody's somebody's head had to roll, and uh, so that was me. Um, wow! And so I was. This was two thousand eight, which. Um, if anybody remembers 2008, it was not a very good year for getting jobs. Um, I was two months away from getting married, and um, I was jobless. So that, that started my freelance career um, out of necessity. Um, nobody was hiring, but there, there, was work, there was a little bit of work to be done. So I just kind of lied my way into um, animation studios around town and just tried my best to uh, get as much work as possible, and it sort of worked out. Wow, that's that's crazy, and that's quite a transition time, right? I mean, oh my gosh, yeah, we we had a lot of stuff going on, but I I sort of I, I sort of was like I just I need to do this, and then I ended up at um, a, an animation shop called Primal Screen that mm -hmm. they did. Uh, they're in Atlanta, and they did some of the like old way way back in the '90s the um, uh, Cartoon Network bumpers. They did something yeah. like 200 bumpers, and wow. they. Uh, that was the first place that I met people who were really design or really animating things. Like my cube there was the only one without a light board and they were, uh, they were actually drawing stuff. And I was like, this still is a thing. I didn't know people <laughs> really drew things to animate anymore. Yeah. And, um, but they kept using all these weird terminologies like, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to, um, this will be on twos and we need to do this. And I was like, I have no idea what any of this stuff means, but I just nodded my head. I was like, yeah, totally. And I was just doing some. Uh, I was just doing some composite and some. Um, I was taking I was taking the characters and compositing them into scenes and kind of doing transitions and simple After Effectsy stuff. But 
they, I helped them, I was able to help them out a lot with kind of just the After Effects part of it because they were really, really good at animation. But they, um, some of the pipeline things, we were able to kind of uh, help with that. And yeah. um, we had a lot of fun. And I learned so, so much. The guys over there were amazing. Guys and girls were, were super great. But I realized that I had zero knowledge of actual animation. And I was like, well, this is more than After Effects. So I went out, I went to uh, Borders because Borders was still open at the time. And I bought a copy of the Animator's Survival Kit. Yes. And I vividly remember uh, it was kind of that one of those moments like I opened it up and like light rays shined out on my face. <laughs> and I was like, there's a whole other world. It's not just operating a piece of software. It's actually like re- there's like technique to this. And it's like yeah. something that I can learn. It's not just something that I have to hopefully like intuitively get. And so I just plowed through that, and that was the beginning of uh, me trying to figure out how to be an animator. And mm. I'm still sort of on that track, trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. So, so it seems like you're you're very very much like interested in kind of the technical side. Did you kind of come from a, a coding background? Because obviously you have a few plugins out now, which I, I really want to get to in a second. Yeah. Um, is that something you've always kind of been interested in? You said that you helped um, maybe with some like workflow stuff at studios you've been to in the past. Like, um, how did that kind of start for you? Um, yeah, I, I the technical side of art has always been sort of fascinating to me. Um, maybe it's the fact I, I know I know full well that I am not the greatest designer and I'm not the greatest animator. Um, and I'm, I'm completely honest about that with myself. Like I, I want to, I'm constantly trying to get better at, at both of those things, but, uh, something about the technical bits of that, something about bridging between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I found for some, that part of it, I found to be really natural. Um, so I, I fought against it for a long time and I was like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that code stuff. Cause at the time it was all just web and and all that yeah. and I did and apps weren't a thing that yet um so like it was it was just do you want to do web and I was like absolutely not so I, <laughs> I avoided all of the code stuff for a long time but I, I became really um I became really fascinated with a, a, a programming language called processing yeah. and uh it's kind of I guess probably the easiest pro- it's probably the easiest programming language for someone with a who's a visual thinker to yeah. learn to just get the basics of how programming works like this is this is a um, conditional statement and this is a for loop and you're going to draw all these circles so rather than having to like plow through lines of code and just spit out text you were able to get circles on screen with just like a little a little a little line of code you would get you a circle or a square or something like that so i kind of mm-hmm. i flirted with that over the years but i was never any good i was not good at all but it was i was just learning i was poking around at it and it took it took a, a while to figure out. So I have no formal is, um, programming training at all. Is that where you is like kind of looking back on? Is that where you would recommend um, maybe like visual creatives to start into kind of like coding? Is processing still that a great place to start? Processing is a good place to start programming if you're a visual thinker, but the learning curve is still pretty steep. Um, right. Honestly. The more I get in, the more that I've gotten into um, expression writing in After Effects, the more I kind of feel like that's a really good platform to start 
Um, because rather than having to remember all this crazy syntax of like, sure, this has to be ordered like this and you have to put parentheses around this thing, but then you have to put a dot here and like, and re- instead of having to remember all that stuff, um, like processing makes it a lot easier to get into it than, if, oh, any, anything else, any C, C++ or something crazy like that. Um, processing is really, is a lot better than that. But mm-hmm. After Effects is an even lower barrier of entry because sure. you can you can honestly just throw numbers at something if you if you pick the rotation of a layer and you say just throw some numbers at it like I'm gonna get the numbers from from the this opacity thing over here and you can pick whip it the same way you would do um, parenting and any of that stuff so you don't even have to type in the syntax for like the opacity of this layer in this comp you just say go get that thing you just pick whip it and then it drops the drops all of the all the code stuff that um, you need to make that work into there. So actually, After Effects, if you kind of if you separate it from all of the animation and the visual stuff, just for a minute, you can really get you can really start learning about how programming works inside of After Effects. Um, that's where I would actually say that it's not it's probably not a conventionally held viewpoint because you're, it's so far away from programming real programming but man i've learned i got that's where i actually got really deep into programming was writing expressions man i i I super agree actually i've i've dabbled a bit myself with processing and i do like it i think it's super helpful the documentation is great too like they're really really great community around it so anybody listening give it a shot um some really interesting stuff's being made there but but yeah I, i mean before processing for me too it was it was all After Effects, like it teaches you what an what an array is, and yeah. it teaches you like if else statements and just like really simple like variable substitutions and that kind of thing. Um, and then that was it's like a gateway into all kinds of other just like basic coding concepts. Um, yeah, you don't have to think about it as like this this layer has a rotation, a position, and a scale, and yeah. all of these things. You can just be like, no, I'm only going to deal with the position. This is yeah. an array of two values. And I'm only going to work with these two values, and it allows you kind of it gives you an ability to focus because you're not having to write all of the code for all of the properties for that particular layer. You can just be like, you know what, I'm just gonna I'm gonna just manually change all of those values, and I'm only going to write code for the position data. So it allows you yeah. a little bit more focus than um, uh, something as more robust like processing that lets you do real time stuff and all kinds of crazy data and all sorts of stuff. It's way more powerful. Processing is way more powerful for a lot of that stuff. But the things that you can do inside of After Effects should not be um, underestimated. Yeah, for sure. So I think, I mean, I, I feel like there might be a lot of us out there who maybe dabble like a little bit in After Effects, like coding and, ex- and writing expressions. Um, but how did you kind of get from that kind of basic, you know, let's pick whip some positions all the way to, I mean, you just came out with rubber hose. I know butt capper came out, which is super helpful. Right. I mean, I love when people are forced to say it out loud. Say butt capper. Yeah. It's, it's, that's what it is though. Like that's what it does. (laughs) It's a very accurate description. It really Um, is. That's exactly what it does. But yeah. how, How do you get from, I don't know, just like, you know, pick whipping some, some simple position functions in After Effects to writing your own like full out plugins. Oh man, that is a uh, <laughs> morbid curiosity is probably the best answer. <laughs> um, it is not. Uh, I would say over the past couple of years, I have um, sort of increased my own challenges with 
code stuff inside of After Effects. Yeah. I think that um, it's like anything. Like if you get a project and you're like, you know what, I'm going to push myself a little bit. I'm going to design this a little bit more. I'm going to animate this a little bit more than I would normally because I really want to push myself to just try something new. That's kind of how I approached. I try to, when it comes to the code stuff, I try to take as much of a design approach as I can. Um, I never, I did not sit down and go, you know what? I'm going to design a character animation tool. I, everything, all of it was sort of happened by, it was, it was a lot of curiosity and a lot of accident. Um, The, as I was kind of progressing and learning about the code stuff and trying to get a little bit deeper in it and like every project that I would work on, even if it was not a great project, the product, it would be, um, a, uh, a bug for a broadcast thing, nothing cool at all about it. But because I, because they had uh, booked the time and I had, I was like, well, I'm getting paid for it. I might as well try and learn something from it. So I would try to build a little system into it. I'm like, Oh, well I'm going to use a checkbox so that if the client comes back and says, I want to change this to our brand's purple, I can click that one checkbox and it's going to change everything across the whole project. Yeah, I probably could do that manually, but I'm going to see if I can do that uh, mm-hmm. with code. And so yeah. uh, over the course of a couple of years, I sort of just made these little challenges for myself to see, like, I wonder if I can do that. I mean, I know, I, I know technically it should be possible, but I wonder if I personally can do that. So um, that's kind of how I would, I built my own reservoir of coding knowledge. Um, And I'm nowhere near as good as most of the people that are releasing stuff on um, AE scripts. I have nowhere near as good as those guys. Um, But I I sort of decided I was going to try. I'm going to try to get, it doesn't matter how good you are, as long as you're just trying to better yourself every day a little bit, or with every project, you try to just push a little bit further. That was kind of how I, I went with it. So over the course of, um, I guess about, I think it was probably the beginning of this year. Um, I just, I wanted to build a line creator script. I wanted something that could just draw a line from one layer to another layer. I mean, it it was not, it's not something that it's not brand new. There's plenty of, um, scripts that'll do that, but I wanted to do it in a little bit different way. I wanted to be able to do lines on a single shape layer. It was just a weird little challenge for me. I, w- I was like, I wonder if this is possible. So I kind of just played with it, and I would. Um, my son was a year and a half and old, and he was not sleeping at all. So he would wake up at like five a.m. to because he just didn't want to be asleep. And I would just, um, I'd wake up with him and like try to get him back to bed, and then I would uh, just for a couple hours. And I was like, well, I'm still awake, so I might as well just get to get to this project. So. For the for a few months, I just sort of worked on this thing, and it never really saw the light of day. But it, it helped me work out a lot of the math that needed to happen. And then um, I got a project with an, uh, another studio, and we needed to make this like um, motion trails thing. And I was like, well, maybe I can maybe I can use that line system. Maybe I could like sample back. I could use like value at time and sample back from to where this one layer was. Um, like three frames ago, and then I could draw a line between that. And I was like, oh, well, that kind of works. What if I could do curves? And that was when I got, I got real deep into the, the trigonometry stuff and uh, having to probably learn trig for the first time because I think I probably hacked my way through it in school. Um, <laughs> but I got real deep into trig to try to figure out how like curve math could work. 
And then I sort of, I, I released it as like a beta, but I made this thing called chemtrails um, for tracking sort of position data back in time. And um, I, I killed it, but I learned a lot from that about curves. And then hmm. I got a project uh, probably about May or June. Um, the, uh, so if, probably, so I guess about five or six months after I started really trying to get deep into it, I got a project for a client that, and we had a lot of characters to make, um, and we did not have a lot of time. And I knew that they were going to come back and be like, mm, "We want to swap this character out. We want to change this thing." And there were no character animation tools that would allow for like that level of flexibility. Because once you've rigged yeah. something, if you have to change the if you have to change the um, overall shape of it, your all your puppet pin mesh is going to get trashed, and you have to throw away all your animation. It's just a mess. Oh yeah, and it's, a it's a disaster. It's a disaster. I mean, anybody who's ever well, really, if you've ever tried to do character animation because you think you're, um, you, you're like I'm a motion designer, of course I can try. I'm going to try character animation. You're in for yeah. a world of hurt because <laughs> it, it. I mean, that right there on its own is uh it's such a daunting task and then sure. once you start getting into like the nitty-gritty of the tools oh my gosh you you end up realizing that you're just wrestling with the tools and like there's really good ones out there but you have to kind of lock the you have to really lock your art beforehand and i knew that just because i knew the client well enough i was like you know what i know they're gonna want to come back and they, they're gonna want to have the flexibility to say yeah let's swap this character let's change this guy let's give this one a hat just stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I built, I started building this modular system that was really, it was just all expressions and um, it was really hacked together, but for this particular project. And then I had one shot that I knew I wanted to do where uh, it was going to zoom in at like, it was going to be like 2000% on this cell phone thing. And it was going to pull back and it was going to, to 100% and it was going to be a full character on screen. And I knew that like I sold them on the, the idea and the boards and they were like, that's great. I love that. And then I was like, oh man, how am I going to pull this off? Because there's no way that I'm going to be able to build a character rig at 2000%. Like yeah. that's going to kill my machine. It's just going to be, it's going to be a nightmare. And then, so I started thinking about, well, if I could do this as shape layers, that would be kind of cool. Well, I already kind of worked out this curve math thing. Maybe if I swapped <laughs> a few of the, the, the little properties and swapped a couple variables out and like inverted this thing, I wonder, I bet, you know what, I don't know if it'll work, but I'm going to try it. So we had enough, we, we didn't have a crazy budget for it, but we had enough time. There was enough lead, lead time in the project and it was slow during the summer. So I, I just took a day and I was like, let's see if I can make this work. If not, I know that I can rely on um, pre-existing character reading tools, but I'm going to try. I just want to try. Yeah. And I took a day and I kind of worked it out and I was really frustrated. But by the end of the day, I was like, oh my God. It kind of works, <laughs> and it was this this sort of uh, I I was very I mean I was very short sighted for what it could be, but I was like this works for this project, hooray! I am a success because I made it work for this project, and yeah. it helped out tremendously. I, I I don't know I don't think I probably would have been able to do I think we had like thirteen characters that needed to be animated. It was simple animation, but like just you know that many characters in a piece, it's going to be really uh, time consuming. Sure, but it made the project actually possible. Um, just taking a day, sort out the math based on some existing math that I'd been building on. So it was really incremental. Like I, I figured out how to make lines on screen, and then I figured out how to make curves on screen, and then I figured out how to like invert one, when you move one thing, it changes this one value, and so it, so it sort of kept the 
um, volume of a curve. So it kind of was, it was kind of like how a leg or an arm would bend. And so everything was just really incremental and it just all built on top of one another. I never, I never sat down and said, I'm going to write rubber hose and it was just all built. And I put it on, uh, I just put a couple of the gifts from that project. It's on my, it's on my website. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Xamarin Test Cloud, just to see kind of like how it worked then and like where what it turned into. Um, but it, it, I put it on I put it on Dribble, and people kind of were excited and they said that's really cool and can you take my money? And I was like, I don't know how to do that because I had never really I hadn't made a script before. I hadn't really I'd kind of dabbled a little bit, but I didn't know how to do that. Um, so I took I stopped sleeping for about three months. And, oh, wow. uh, cause I had, I had client projects that were all through yeah. the summer. Um, but I was like, you know what, this is, I think this can be a thing. I think this could be something that could help a lot of people that are either, uh, new to character animation or they just want to be faster or they just, yeah. they, clients don't give them enough money or enough time. And like, they like, I'm a good animator, but there's just no time to set up a rig. Maybe if I just had a simple bendy line, that would save me a lot of time. And that was my hope. I was just hoping that I could help some people and maybe make a little bit of cash. And uh, it's it's done pretty well. So yeah, how many how many downloads are you, are you up to? Are you you willing to share? Uh gosh, I th- I checked a couple weeks ago, um, and I think we were at I think about twelve hundred. Nice. Um, so I didn't even know that many people ha- owned After Effects, but <laughs> <laughs> but I was v- I've been very surprised, and it's um, studios are picking it up like studios that I'm super huge fans of have been picking it up and it's just been really, really cool. And I'm, I've just been overwhelmed by the things that people are doing with people are doing stuff that's way better than I could even possibly think about doing. Well, as a, as a budding script writer myself, I'm curious, did you ever have to like, did you ever leave After Effects to kind of make the plugin or was it all done entirely in After Effects? Cause I know you, you have a great like kind of user interface for it and, how, how does that all come together? Um, well, that's a really good question. Uh, for me personally, um, my I, I never thought that script writing was going to be a thing that I did. Um, it wasn't until uh, Sander Van Dyke released um, Ouroboros, and yep, it was yep. it was just a preset. Um, so it's different, but it, it was something that was usable. Like it was all this crazy code and it, you used it and you could like make really cool stuff with it and you interacted with it and the code responded and it was able to do all these crazy things. And then you released Ray and it was something that you interacted with. So early on, that was the, that was the sort of direction I wanted to go with something. I didn't want to just, there's tons of really great scripts out there that are way smarter than I could ever possibly think, hope to make um, that are very utilitarian and they do lots of really powerful things that save you lots of time. But I sort of just was, I wanted to make something that you used. And part of that, um, and one of the kind of misconceptions about uh, expressions versus scripts or or things like that, um, expressions run at every single frame. So as you, um, as you, as you go through the timeline, it, it redoes the code. It re re redoes all the math. Um, so that's good for some things, um, because it lets you for use a it. lot of things. Horrible yeah. for a lot of things. So you have to like be really careful with how much math you're doing, and um, and then scripts allow. But but expressions can't make layers. They can't make new comps. They can't 
reorder your layers. They can't do anything to your project itself. It's code that runs on properties like your the stroke width or the position. They run on those things. A script runs once, and it'll what that does is that it lets you create layers and uh, change the colors of layers and change the names of layers. And so they work together. They, they do different things. Scripts do one thing and expressions do one thing. But yeah. if you kind of plan accordingly, uh, you can have something really usable. Um, and that was my goal with, uh, that was my goal with, with rubber hose. I started with just expressions and I wanted something that would um, just work on its own and I wanted to make a, at first it was just a preset. It was just something that you would um, click and drag from the uh, effects and presets panel. And once I kind of worked that out, then I built out, a, I started building on a script that um, would sort of build all of those things for you and do some custom stuff and help you out a little bit. But it started off with just kind of the uh, minimum viable product of just a, a layer with a buttload of code on it that would do stuff. Yeah. I just started with something that would do things and that I could interact with. Um, and that's what, that's what it, that's where it existed in that project, the client project. It was just a, a layer that sort of just existed and did things. And then I was able to kind of incrementally package it up and clean it up and make it so that, um, you could change one thing in the script window and it would change another thing. And it would like rename a bunch of properties inside of all that, a lot of nerdy stuff happening, but it was all incremental. And that's where, so I, th I think you have to kind of plan out first thing. You need, I mean, it's like anything, it's like any design stuff. You have to plan out what you're trying to, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? What are you going to leave open enough so that at, along the way you find new things? Um, cause I yeah. mean, that's how, that's how good design works is that you have a goal in mind, but you don't, may not know exactly how you're going to get there. And along the way you figure out new things like, Oh man, what if I did this? Oh, well that would be totally cool. And it sparks new ideas and allows you to get to new places. I had no real plan for UI or, uh, how it was going to, how people were actually going to interact with it. I didn't really think that far into it. I just wanted, I was like, I'm going to figure it out as we go along and it's going to, hopefully it'll come together and to be something. And then, yeah. Through the whole process, I had to scrap the whole thing and start over, and that's just part of the deal too. I mean, it's just like I really kind of equate a lot of this stuff to just the same way design is. You you have to just get in there and do something, and then you're probably going to make a mistake, and it's probably going to be awful. And you, it's like it's just like sketching or doing roughs or anything like that. You kind of have to just go for it and see what happens. Yeah. So, I mean, coding just in general, I think, can be really daunting, especially for some people who come from more more of an art background. Oh, for sure. Like, wh what do you have to say to people who, who maybe are afraid to kind of take that first step into learning to code um, for animation? Man, I, I always tell people uh, who are it's a lot, and it's usually the people who are the best at design and animation that are the most afraid of code, um, just because... They're such visual thinkers that the, the idea of like dealing with numbers and data and all that stuff is like, what? I don't really want to deal with that. But the thing is, if you're using After Effects, you are managing lots and lots of data on a daily basis. Everything that you do that moves things, keyframes, um, color values, uh, position data, all of that stuff, that's just data. It's just numbers. So if you can just think of it in terms of like, 
I wrangle data manually with keyframes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to try and wrangle data with a little bit of code. If you can think of it in those terms uh, as just a different way of managing all of this data that helps you make pretty things, uh, then I think it's a little less daunting. It's totally daunting. I totally get that. I'm not saying that it's not scary and terrifying. <laughs> yeah. um, somebody described it as staring into the void. And <laughs> it, I, I, I get that. I totally get that. I still feel that sometimes. It's like you just look and you're like, I have no idea how this works or how I'm going to do this. Um, but that's okay. You just take it a little piece at a time and you, you get the big pieces in there and you just sort of say, oh, okay, well, I want this to do this. How would this work? And just, I mean, think about it from a uh, design and animation standpoint. How would you, how would you animate this? Well, I would probably do these big chunks and I would set my big key poses and then I would go in and like set my secondary things. And that's kind of how I just sort of, that's how I've started looking at code over the past number of years is that figure out the main things that you're trying to do and then figure out how you would get the big things done and then start working out the little things and then the really tiny things and then f uh, flesh out the details and just build on it the, the way you would you would sketch and then you would do a rough and then you would do a, a first draft and then you would do a second draft and then you would maybe think about doing a final. That's kind of same. It's, it's all just art stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I personally, I love it. I love rubber hose. I just, I'm, I'm working it in a little ways, um, even for non-character animation stuff. It's super oh, awesome, flexible. So yeah. So thank, thanks for making it. And thanks Absolutely. for sending me a license. So yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I'm, um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of your work. So I'm just honestly really thanks, curious man. to see what you can pull off with it because you're really good at this stuff. Thanks dude. I appreciate that. Um, so I'm, I'm curious what, what is next for you? Like what you, I saw you just finished up, which I wish we had time to talk about. You just finished up this killer piece. Why pay? I just saw it, uh, yeah. came out a couple of days ago with pep rally. Super rad. Oh man. Um, Erica's amazing. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to have her on. Hopefully we can, we can get her at some Make point. Make that happen. But, That'll be a good yes. one. She's really smart. Yeah. But like, so, so what is next for you? I mean, is there more plugins down the road? Do you, are you trying to do you know, more animation? Are you, are you trying, well, like what's next? Um, that is a great question. Um, I for sure have a few ideas for additional tools that I want to, I just kind of want them to exist for my own use. Um, I mean, that's how both of the tools that are out now came to be. I just wanted them to exist and I, uh, stopped sleeping for a while to hopefully make <laughs> yeah. that happen. Um, so hopefully they'll translate to the things that are, are actually usable um, for other people. My big thing right now is that I really want to, um, I really want to understand more about usability. Um, hmm. I, I I don't fully. I mean I'm from the I'm from the side of things of just make something for people to watch, but technology is changing so fast, and I don't want to write apps. I have no interest in, in any of that stuff. But just the idea of like how does animation translate to making things usable. How does um, design help people understand the technology more clearly? Because, I mean, we all know it. Like, certain apps or games or pr full programs, like, some of them just feel good to use. And some of them may be really powerful, but they're not fun to use. And that kind of is a buzzkill for when you're trying to make cool stuff. I mean, ultimately, I want to see people make cool stuff. Ultimately, I want to make cool stuff. So... My big push 
um, in my own work and growth is, is I really want to learn about learn a lot more about usability. I don't know if that's going to take me towards video games one day or what. I like games. I don't have time to play them because I'm a dad. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I, I'm really fascinated by where... Where motion graphic? I mean, I'm going to be a designer and animator probably till the day I die because that's just where I've spent um, the probably about a decade doing. Um, and I'm just really curious to see where that's going to go in um, everyday life for normal people who aren't really in this business, just for normal people. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, we we try to end each episode with um, a few. Of, kind of the same questions. Um, So here we go. The first one is who is your dream client? Oh, uh, myself. Um, No. uh, Hey, I think that's a fair answer. I I like that. I mean, I I know that I learned a lot about um, making rubber hose and I learned a lot that like when I, when I am my own client, I, uh, I was able to just sort of push and try to make something for me. And it was unbelievably difficult and I couldn't do. I know for a fact that I couldn't do it all the time because it's such a uh, investment of emotional energy to be like pouring yourself into this thing, and you're the only one that is making all, calling all the shots, and making all the decisions, and like, and you're yeah. actually executing it. So I kind of, I, I had to take a major break and go just dive right back into client work afterwards. But if I had to pick like an actual real client, I would love. I think I'd probably. <laughs> I'd love to do like concert visuals for Mastodon. It's this metal band. They're based oh, out of Atlanta. And nice, I, yeah. I think that would probably be like the most amazing project ever. <laughs> uh, so Mastodon, are they your, are they your favorite b- band as well? Oh, They are absolutely my favorite. band. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That'd be super cool. <laughs> so what next question, what is your favorite animated film? Ah, uh, oh gosh. Um, if I am, um, giving a, if, favorite animated film. If if I was trying to give a um, good answer, I would probably say Iron Giant. Um, yep, yeah. Because classic, can't I, go wrong. I, I remember seeing it as like a, an, an adolescent, and, and was changing. I, I was I was no longer a child, and, and but I was like starting to think about things a little bit more. And it was like, but it was this cartoon that really um, dealt with. Uh, sacrifice and friendship and all these things that I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But if I'm being totally honest, I would probably say my favorite animated film is uh, Rejected by Don Hertzfeld. Um, It's this weird little 10 minute animation um, that came out in like 2000, 2001 or something. And they're these little stick figures and it's super janky. But the, the one I remember the one is like my spoon is too big, and there's one where he is this little cotton ball, and he's like my anus is bleeding. <laughs> it's totally what? weird, but it sort of <laughs> I know that it informed a lot of my um, bizarre sense of humor. Um, it's totally disjointed, like it just cuts and it's like just onto this other thing, and it informed like just kind of how how much humor you can really get out of really simple things. So that would yeah. probably have to be my honest answer. Don Hertzfeld, rejected. Man, I'll, I'll have to check that out. So uh, what, ne- next question, what, do you, is you have a, do you have a, a boy? Um, yeah, I have a boy. He's two years old and he is amazing. He just learned the, he, he learned who Darth Vader is uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. So he Are just you runs taking around him? the house screaming, Darth Vader, Darth Vader. <laughs> 
So what what does he think that you do for a living? Uh, he, I don't think he really thought about anything at all about me. I was, it's just that he goes away for a little while and then he comes back and, uh, uh then that makes him happy. Um, but I think <laughs> about a, about a week ago I was putting together a, a presentation on some of the rubber hose stuff and, uh, I was pulling this one gif that I had put on, on Drimble of a robot kind of doing this like fancy walk. And, uh, right now Max, uh, my son is super into robots. So he saw that and he was just like, robot. And I was like, yeah, buddy, that's a robot. And and I switched off and I was going to some other thing. He's like, no, 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 robot. And he made me pull it back up. So I think he really thinks I make robots. Which hey, that's awesome. Is inc- way, way cooler than what I actually do. So I'm going to let him keep thinking that. Yeah, man, ride that for as long as oh, you can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So our last question for you, what animal did you choose for your animal later and why? Oh man, this was, I, I had to think about this one. Um, what would, what would be, uh, what would, what would be a good animal and actually what would be a good reason for it? And I chose a sloth because nice. they are adorable and, um, they just know how to chill and <laughs> I don't. Um, I, I, I think in, in, um, you know, you've got your spirit animal or whatever. Like, that is my idealized spirit animal. Just learning to chill, learning to be deliberate about what you're trying to do, not running around all over the place and freaking out and trying to pay taxes and do all the crazy stuff that goes <laughs> along with freelance life. Just learning to be, just learning to, to do the things that are important and just hang out. Uh, so that's why I chose a sloth. That's awesome. Uh, I think we we both, you and me both, have lots to learn. Oh from my gosh, sloth, we, it's so. it, that all freelancers have a lot to learn from <laughs> sloths. Well, Adam, thanks so much for coming on the show. To Zach, thank find, you so much for having me. This has been amazing. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Uh, to find out more about Adam's work, head to his website at adampluff.com or follow him on Twitter at adampluff. You can find out more information about Adam's newest plug-in rubber hose at battleaxe.co and follow them for more releases in the future, hopefully. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Thank you so much. Animalators is produced by Form and Function. You can find out more about them at formandfunctionmedia.com. Our theme music was written and produced by Cody Fry. To learn more about what we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to check out animalators.com to see Adam's animalator and get bonus content from the show. I wanted you to know that when you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review, it helps other people find this show. So if you're into this podcast, we would love for you to do that. And don't forget you can find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is simply at Animalators. Well, that's it for this episode. We'll see you guys back here again in a couple weeks for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Animalators.